with apartments, you don't buy it by yourself. Mm -hmm. I always thought that like fancy Joe would buy his apartment complex and then swim in his money, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> top, mm -hmm. right? and, and I was like, well, okay. But then I learned it's actually a group investment. This, you know, you get, you get together with other people. So very experienced people and you, and people that maybe don't have experience, but have money and you pull together your resources, your time and, and your money to be able to buy this as a group. You're listening to Investing for Good, a show that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. And now, here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey everyone, Annie Dickerson here together with my fabulous co-host, Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you? I'm doing excellent. How about you? How are you guys? Are you still playing down by the river? <laughs> uh, you know, the kids are, I don't know. I don't know how kids can be bored in a house with a creek in the backyard. I'm like, come on, you guys want to go to the creek? Do you want to hike to the river? Do you want to go to the playground? Do you want to do this? And they're like, no, 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 that's all boring. How about internet? Do we have internet in this place? I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. I feel like I'm having more fun out here with, you know, than the kids are just being able to be free and, and run around and, and just be a kid. I guess I want to yeah. be the one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you know, my favorite feature of this house that we're staying in is that they have this closet full of board games and puzzles. So uh -huh. I've been doing puzzles. I've forgotten the oh, joy nice. of doing puzzles. It's so, uh -huh. uh, so peaceful and relaxing. The kids are just running around wild, but you know, whatever. I'm doing my puzzle. Mama's doing her puzzle. Don't, and they're don't not touch bothering the you? Oh my goodness. Wow. That's fun. Yeah. I love doing puzzles too. I don't get to do them as often um, as we used to. We, we, Vince and I used to sit at, a, at our dining table and we did, we attempted to do this one. I forget how many thousands of pieces it was but it was huge and we left it there for like weeks and we would just oh, like bet. every week like you know we'd try to get out I don't think we ever finished it and then we started having kids and it's been sitting yeah us, but oh, man. Yeah. yeah but speaking of kids we, yeah I'm super excited to have uh Camilla Jeffs on on the show today um she's got five kids, which is so, you know, intense for me to think about. I have three and I'm hanging on by a thread. I can't imagine having five and working a W2 and, you know, finding the time and the bandwidth to, to implement all of her skills that she has with the rehab and the renovation and getting her kids involved, which is so crazy. But yeah, she's done so much. And I think, you know, she had such a great message to share uh, with all of the other moms that I'm sure, uh, you know, our audience are a lot of women, a lot of moms, um, and uh, just such a great message to share about educating yourself and, and getting out there and just doing it. Uh, but a very inspirational story. Yeah. Talk about a super mom. I mean, Camilla, I mean, she's the founder of Steady Stream Investments and she, man, she, she didn't grow up with real estate and she really got into it sort of sort of by accident, sort of just by being curious, you know, being open-minded and curious about um, her observations of people around her and then just voraciously consuming books. I love that part of her story. 
story where she was just hungry for information and she just read all these books and talked to all these people and learned all this stuff and now she's paying it forward through steady stream investments and really sharing her knowledge with others so that they can figure out um, this whole real estate thing and see if syndications are right for them and she talks a lot about the ins and outs of syndication on this show which we haven't we, we've touched a lot on it high level but we haven't really dug into exactly how they work yeah and i love how she said in the beginning how she um started off renting a garage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i thought was so crazy um you know but everyone's got to start somewhere and um how she was paying a hundred dollars a month for her mortgage right or that was her that was after she moved out of right. the garage bought mm -hmm. a duplex and was yeah. paying a hundred dollars a month which is so crazy and um you know if anyone out there is listening and thinks you know gosh i really want to get into this i want to pay a hundred dollars a month for rent um, or my mortgage, you know, definitely think about doing the effective house hacking, which is how all of us have gotten started in this business. And, um, you know, get out there and see if you can find a duplex and uh, house hack your way to investing. Super inspirational story packed with really good information. Here it is, our conversation with Camilla Jeffs. Hey, Camilla, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm so great. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. We are thrilled to have you. Now, Camilla, I want to start by highlighting that you have, what, just a couple of kids, right? What, one, two kids? <laughs> <laughs> how many kids do you have? Five kids. Five kids. And oh how old goodness. are they now? My youngest is nine and the oldest is 18. Oh my goodness. And you have twins in there too, right? I do. Yeah. I have a set of twins. They're 15 identical twin girls. Um, they're super Aww. cute. We just have one boy who's 13. So I should have four teenagers. Can you imagine? Wow. Four teenagers? That's oh, crazy. Oh man. What a crazy life. But I, th the reason I wanted to start out and talk about your kids is because I am continually amazed. You have five kids, you've created multiple businesses, and you're a successful real estate investor. And this is one of the big reasons why we wanted to have you on the show and why we know that your story is going to really inspire so many of our listeners. Now, these days, you've successfully invested in many, many properties and you've created steady stream investments to help people invest passively in real estate syndications. But let's start by going back to the beginning. How did you get into real estate in the first place? And just out of curiosity, which one came first, real estate or kids? You know what? They came simultaneously. Is that crazy? Oh my goodness. I had my first baby and bought my first investment property within about a month of each other. Oh, <laughs> so, oh my gosh. And for us, it was a we kind of fell into real estate investing out of necessity because we didn't have very much money. Like we were very young when we got married. We had a baby very young and we were both still in college. Um, so, you know, two people in college, married with a baby. You can imagine like we had zero money. Well, at the before, right before we had the baby, we were living in a garage, <laughs> like literally living in a garage apartment that, that this woman had converted into a, like an apartment. So we're living in this garage and, and she was a realtor and she owned several investment properties. And so we, we started talking to her one day and we said, you know, what are you doing? Like, how can we do something? Cause we'd like to move out of the garage. I mean, it's nice and all, but <laughs> we'd like to move out. <laughs> 
Um, and she, she suggested that maybe we find a property that had a basement apartment. And then if you buy mm -hmm. a property, you live in the top and you rent out the basement, then um, that could help you with the mortgage. And we thought, huh, okay, well, let's do it. So yeah, we jumped in, gave birth to my baby, and then we moved in like two weeks later to our, um, it's called the house hack now. We didn't call it that back then, but, um, but it was a, a two-unit um, apartment. Uh, house, I guess, and we rented out the basement. And the super cool thing about that was we paid maybe a hundred dollars a month to live there, um, which was perfect. That's all we could afford, dollars <laughs> a month. Uh, but yeah, that's how that's how we got started, and that's when I started thinking, you know, there's something to this real estate stuff, and and from there just took off. Wow, I can't even imagine moving into your first investment property at with a newborn. Um, and starting off on this real estate adventure. And so what, uh, what town or what city were you in at the time? This was in Ogden, Utah. And so it's oh, Northern okay. Utah. And uh, mm -hmm. that's where we it's, were living at the time. That area is uh, growing a lot, I hear. Yes, it is a fantastic market. The you know, Salt Lake City, Northern Utah market, really great market. I, I'm trying to get in there and, and see what I can dig around and find. So yeah, it's a good one. So that, that must have been, you know, we talk all the time about how, you know, when you're starting out, it's so important to find somebody who's already achieved that success. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And it's so fortunate for you. It's the same with Julie and me that we had a, a realtor that guided us along the way. And it sounds mm -hmm. like you had um, a realtor, a landlord and a mentor all in <laughs> one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she was, she was really great when we were, we were so grateful for her. And, and we, that we maintained that relationship with her for a long time. She helped us buy the next investment property and the next one. And, and so it was, a, it was fantastic. And, um, and I'm, I was really glad for that relationship. Yeah. So tell us about that because a lot of people, once they, when they buy a home, they figure this is it. This is, I'm just going to live in this home forever, especially if they can pay a hundred dollars a month, right? They're like, okay, this is it. I'm just going to pay a hundred dollars a month until I can pay this thing off. And then I'll be living, we'll be living like Kings. And so did you plan from the beginning? Like this is only the first one we're going to do more or how did you go from the first one to the second one and then more? Once I learned the power of real estate and learned that, you know, not only could I live for very, very cheap every month, I could also build wealth, build equity from the property. I mean, my renters were paying down the mortgage on it and, and they were providing us with a, you know, a, a good way to live. And so then I thought, there's, there's got to be something more to this. There, there's got to be more that I can do. And that's when I started picking up books. And, I, and I'm a, such an avid reader. Like, I'll read so many books. And if I get hooked on a topic, I'll order, you know, 10 books at a time. And I'll go through them all in a month. And just, you know, I just want to understand everything. I'm hungry for knowledge. And so that's what I did. I started reading books. Um, two books in particular were very influential at that time. One was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's a classic. Lots of people talk mm -hmm. about that one, but that's the one where he talks about how don't see your house as an as an asset because if you just if you just live in your house and that's and you're the one paying all the bills, all the mortgages, all the upkeep, all the you know everything you have to do, it's just money flying out the window. And instead, it's a liability, is what he he suggested. And I remember talking to my dad and my brother about it because the three of us read the book at the same time. And my dad's like, yeah, man, yeah, houses are, are liabilities. And then he looks at me, he's like, oh, 
but not you, Camilla, because you're, you've done something different. <laughs> right. You're right. And so, so, the, so that one really spurred me, helped me with the mindset. And then the, the nuts and bolts book that helped me was the acquiring a house one, one house at a time. Right. And so it was, it was by John Schaub and it's, it's a book about this strategy where you buy a house every two years, you move into it. Um, if it needs to be fixed up, you fix it up. It doesn't have to be a fixer, you know, and, and then you move out and rent it. You hold it for 10 years, you know, so you acquire rental properties just at a really small, steady pace. It's not nothing huge, nothing mind blowing. You just keep, keep moving in. So that's the strategy that we went with. And we also went with the fixer upper mentality. So we thought it'd be even better if we bought a house that needed a lot of fix-ups and we could learn it. You know, we, had, we had all the confidence in the world. Like, yeah, we, can, we, can, we got this. Um, <laughs> lots of mistakes, lots of mistakes, but a lot of learning and a lot of skills that we really built. And so that's how we did it. Really, literally almost every two years we moved into a, a new house, a new city, had to get to know new people um, and and we took that through us as we moved around the nation. So um, we're kind of the opposite of what you talked about in the beginning, Julie, the, or, or Annie, the ones that um, stay somewhere for forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we move every year to two years. <laughs> and we still do, even with our older kids, we still move. Oh, my goodness. What are the benefits in doing that? Because I know there's some tax benefits in that as well, right? Like if you stay for a couple of years and then you move out, like, or mm-hmm. I guess that's only if you were to sell it and not keep it as a rental, there's tax benefits there, right? Right. Yeah. So the tax benefits is you don't pay any capital gains tax as long as you've lived in the home two of the previous five years. Okay. Um, and, and that's kind of the strategy that we took. So we'd move mm-hmm. in, we'd live there for you know a year or two, we'd fix it up, we'd move out and then keep it for three years and then sell. And then, mm-hmm. and then we'd use the funds from that home to get the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's that's a, a nice little secret that I learned somewhere buried in a blog post, like in a thread, and people were talking about it. I'm like, oh, I didn't know anything about this. Like, I didn't know this at all. Um, so that's so cool. And so you guys are still continuing to do this to this day because I see mm-hmm. posts on Facebook and you guys are going through the renovation. So it's not to do the renovation so you can live there forever and make it your forever home, but it's to to then turn it around and keep it as a rental or to sell it the one that you're in uh, either one. I think it depends on the market. It depends on where we are. Uh, sometimes we sell right away. Sometimes we keep it and rent it. Mm-hmm. Um, just, we just really evaluate the market. Um, and I think the the fun thing now for us is that our five children have grown up doing this with us. Uh-huh. I mean, I have cute pictures of my twins when they were 18 <laughs> months old with their hands in the paint bucket and crying because they paint everywhere. You know? But now, I mean, my 15-year-old twins, uh, you know, they can sheetrock themselves. They can cut the baseboards <laughs> and install them. I mean, they know how to caulk and, and they do all the painting. I mean, they, they just, they've learned so many great skills uh-huh. from our lifestyle. Now, uh-huh. our lifestyle is not for the faint of heart. I'm not, uh-huh. <laughs> not going to uh-huh. advocate that this is for everybody. <laughs> it's definitely not. Uh-huh. It is hard to move all the time. It is hard to, you know, constantly be in, in in an ambiguous environment, trying to learn to meet new people. But I also think it's really good skill building for the kids, not only just for, you know, real estate stuff, 
but also socially because they're always the ones that have to break into the social group. So they're mm-hmm. constantly outside of their comfort zone yeah. and they have to learn to navigate everywhere mm-hmm. we go. And I think that has just given them these amazing skills, life skills that they will be grateful for later. They're not always yeah. grateful for it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. something that I did a lot growing up. We moved mm-hmm. around a lot um, from Beijing to Iowa to New Jersey to Memphis and on and on. And I attribute my creativity and my sense of like open-mindedness to that moving around because mm-hmm. it, that's exactly exactly what you said. I always had to break into an existing social circle and think of mm-hmm. a new way to connect with people. And it's uncomfortable but once you get the hang of it, you practice it, you can, it's kind of cool. You can kind of reinvent yourself each time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. I love that you're doing that for your kids, even though I'm sure sometimes they may not appreciate it right now, <laughs> but it builds character. Right. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier on, you mentioned your father and your brother also reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad with you. So I'm curious, when you were growing up, did you, were you exposed to any of this world? Um, and then once you got into it, were your was your family supportive of what you were doing or were they like, Camilla, what's she doing over there? (laughs) So that's a great question. So growing up, I was, um, I mean, you think I have a lot of kids. I was one of 10 children. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my parents had double what I have. Oh my goodness. um, So growing up, you know, I I would say we grew up in and we had a nice, nice life. We had a, you know, just a house out in the in a farm. My parents were both farmers from Idaho, you know, and so, so we had this small little farm that we grew our own vegetables and had our own fruit trees and raised our own cattle and chickens and like, for, for meat and eggs, right? So we had a, we had a very, I, it was a beautiful childhood. I had a beautiful childhood, but my dad would teach us a little bit about money, but there was no investing that mm-hmm. I knew of that was happening that they would share with us. So they didn't own real estate. They didn't get into owning real estate. I sensed spoken with my dad and he's kicked himself several times for not buying the land across the street because, mm-hmm. you know, they wanted a hundred thousand for it. He's like, what? That is so expensive. And then the guy who bought it split it into eight and sold it for a hundred thousand per lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa. So no, he didn't understand. I mean, my family didn't really get into investing. It wasn't a learned skill. It was the, from, from my parents, right. It's nothing that they mm-hmm. passed down to me. So since then, as I've gotten into real estate, I think they've all just kind of watched from the sidelines. None of my brothers or sisters or have really gotten into it until just just this past five years. My father finally you know, took the step and he picked up a couple of rental properties and he did buy some land next door. And so, so now he's acquired, started to acquire some assets um, and, and I've helped him to, to do most of those assets acquisitions. And what about your nine brothers and sisters? Do any of them (laughs) invest in real estate? No, none of them have really gotten into it. I think. Oh, shoot. I was going to say, you got your built-in investor network right there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Not yet. Um, Not so yet. They They'll see. Come to me for advice, though. <laughs> and um, and I, I think in the near future, one of them will, will invest with me, but we're still in the education phase. I think it's so great that you didn't come from real estate and you really, your background was not like family didn't own real estate. You guys didn't, you weren't taught that when you were younger. And that's very similar to to me as well. Um, My family did some real estate, but I was never taught 
what it is, how it works and why to do it. You know, I just knew that it was something that they did. And, and I think it's important for people to hear that because I think oftentimes people think that it's either only for the rich, only for the people who come from a background in real estate or, you know, people who just get it. And it's like, no, it, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think one thing that you had mentioned earlier on was the fact that you took it upon yourself to really educate yourself and you read and you consume so many books. And I think that is something that Annie and I are so passionate about is more women need to get out there and educate themselves, which is, I know what you do uh, as Steady Stream and what we do at Good Egg as well is the education piece is, is so important. So I want to kind of shift a little bit now and talk about how you move from doing all of the, the rentals and everything that you do on that side of it, how you discovered multifamily and what that means to you, how you came to create Steady Stream, and um, share a little bit about what you guys do there. So through my investing journey, I mean, education, like you, I'm so passionate about financial education. I think it's a shame that it's not taught to people and, and just nobody knows how money works, right? You know, you, yeah. you, you're supposed to right, go to a job and, and then the job gives you some money and then you, you pay your bills and then, you know, buy cool things with whatever's left over, you know, so, so there's no, um, there's no solid financial education out there. And, um, and I'm just really frustrated about it, especially for women. And, and there's a really interesting stat that I read the other day that, that shocked me. And this, and it was that 80% of men die married, right? They're married at the time of their death. Flip that 80% of women die single from various reasons, right? Uh, some of it is because women outlive men, some, you know, and, and the average age of widowhood, listen to this, is 56. That's the average oh age wow. of widowhood. So you're, if, you're, if you're relying on the, the man in your life for your financial planning, unfortunately, women are the ones who suffer from poor financial planning. So mm -hmm. I think that's why I think it's super important that women really take control of the financial planning. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean that you just leave your husband out and you're like, nope, I do it. You can't see what's going on, right? But, but yeah. that means you need to know where your investments, how much is coming, what does the budget look like, right? It, it can't be that you just don't know what's going on. You need to, you need to be in the weeds. Um, super important that you're in the weeds and then call, call out things that you've learned, right? There's a really great book called Smart Women Finish Rich. Um, and that one is phenomenal to teach women the basics, but it's missing real estate. So anyways, the, my, my journey, as we're going along, we're, we're buying all these single family homes and we're acquiring single family investments, um, learning about renters. And, but then I want a little bit bigger. And so I bought a fourplex, thought that was a good um, progression step to buy a fourplex. And the thing I liked about the fix is that if we moved out, then I wasn't also down to zero income, which is what happens on a single family home, right? You only have one tenant paying the full income. They move out, all of a sudden there's nothing. And the fourplex kind of really helped that. The thing I didn't like about the fourplex was there was a lot more management to it, right? So there's a lot more tenant turnover and you have to work through that. But, you know, I'm a solopreneur. I'm a do-it-yourselfer. <laughs> and so I launched my own property management company so I could really understand property management and to do it better because I was getting tired of uh, dragging the kids over there to go meet tenant and meet pr prospective tenants and showings and <laughs> like there's got to be a better way. So <laughs> I launched that and and after I launched that um, I put on my vision board someday I'm going to own 
a large apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And this was, oh, probably seven years ago that I put that on my vision board. I'm going to own a large apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea how to do that. Then, you know, as, as we started going, I've, you know, I, 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 then I had my fifth baby and, and, uh, and life got really, really busy with five children. Um, we, we had to homeschool for various reasons at different times in their lives. And so I was extremely busy um, with, with children and raising them and I started feeling this burning inside my heart and, and I just knew that there was something more that I needed to do. There was something more I needed to do with my life. And, and so I thought, well, maybe, maybe I just need to go back to school and you know, get my MBA. So I did that, went back to school, got my MBA and I started studying commercial real estate in my MBA because I, this, this, you know, in the back of your brain, when you put something on your vision board, it's mm-hmm. your, your brain's not going to let it go. So I'm doing my MBA studying commercial real estate. I actually got to go to Europe and study commercial real estate stay in Paris and in Amsterdam and London. Wow. It was just amazing. This amazing trip to go there. Graduate my MBA and and I took a job in the corporate world because I wanted to try that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to try things. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the corporate world is great. I mean, I met a lot of really good people, but it just didn't feel right. You know, it just didn't feel like that this was the right thing for my heart. And I just knew in my heart that I needed to build a business again. Early 2019, I just said, okay, this is the year. This is the year that you're going to buy your apartment complex. Mm-hmm. I looked at my bank account. And I'm like, hmm, I spent all my money on that MBA. <laughs> <laughs> As people do. <laughs> it's now the way what? of the world. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. and, and then I look at the prices of an apartment complex mm-hmm. and they're millions of dollars. I mean, they could be anywhere from $5 million to $50 million for an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And, as, and my mind had not yet been able to think in the millions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all my investments had been in the 100,000 mm-hmm. range and educated myself throughout most of 20. I hired two mentors to help me with, you know, build my business, mm-hmm. to help me learn about the acquisition mm-hmm. side, like how to actually buy it. Mm-hmm. And then also to help me learn about how to teach other people how to get involved. Because mm-hmm. here's the fun thing. This is with apartments, you don't buy it by yourself. Mm-hmm. I always thought that like, you know, fancy Joe would buy his apartment complex and then swim in his money, you know, yeah. <laughs> top, uh-huh. right? and, and I was like, well, that's not okay. But then I learned it's actually a group investment. This, you know, you get, you get together with other people. So very experienced people and you, and people that maybe don't have experience, but have money, you know, and, and you pull together your resources, your time and, and your money to be able to buy this as a group. And I was like, wow, that was a, that was a light bulb moment for me that, Mm -hmm. that you could do that. Cause I I always thought you had to do everything by yourself. And so then last year I did, I I invested in my first, uh, it's called a syndication, right? And I talk about this a lot, but syndication, the group investment Mm -hmm. and got a 107 units apartment complex Mm -hmm. in Tucson, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I was so ecstatic. It was really (laughs) great. And now I'm like, wow, how can mm-hmm. I do this again? <laughs> so, so working on doing it again and again and again. We'll get back to our conversation with Camilla in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. 
Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now back to our chat with Camilla Jess. For the people who may not know, because I'm sure there may still be people out there who don't know what, uh, how a syndication works. Like, let's say I said, Camilla, I have some money. This all sounds really great and interesting, but how do I know I can trust people? What do I need to do? I mean, do I just hand over, you know, money? And if so, how much? Like, how do I know? Like, so tell people what maybe the, you know, very high level process is and, and kind of how it works with the minimum investment is, what their role in the deal is as a passive investor. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So if, you, if you've never been involved in real estate before, it's totally fine. You can get involved in a syndication, even if you've never done a deal. Um, but there are certain qualifications to be able to 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 be part of the deal. So there's mm-hmm. a there's a couple of things that you'll need to know. So one, you need to know the sponsor, right? You need to mm-hmm. build relationships with people like me, with people like you, and you know, with other established people out there that know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really important that you start building relationships. Number two you need to know there are different classifications of investments. So when you get into large commercial real estate, we have these things called laws. There's two different types, 506C means like it can be for anybody, but it's, it's for people who are what's called an accredited investor. So an accredited investor is one of two things. You have a million dollar net worth, or you have a personal income of 200000 or joint income of 300000 per year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what an accredited investor is. Now, if you don't qualify as an accredited investor, don't worry. You need to prove that you know what you're doing, right? So maybe you have experience in, in mutual fund investing, you know, like real experience, not the experience where you just you'll give your money to a professional and they manage it. Maybe you have an MBA and you've studied investing, like commercial real estate invested, and, and you can prove that you know what you're doing. And also, that you're not using the last few dollars in your bank account. You want to make sure that you're investing is, is money that you don't absolutely need um, at, at, at any time. I love real estate because it's not a get, get rich quick scheme. It's definitely a get rich slowly over time thing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I like it because I'm, I'm not interested in 
super risky investing, um, but I, I just want to build wealth over time for, for my family. And if you were to tell an investor, like, you know, what are sort of the top three benefits of, of investing in, in a deal passively? Why would someone want, want to invest yeah. in, in a deal like that in a pooled type of a scenario? So benefits, there's huge benefits for a passive investor. So one of those benefits is time. So you don't have to put in any time into the investment after you've done your due diligence and done all of your education and made sure that the, say, yes, this investment is good for me right? You're not going to have to drive down and fix a toilet. You're not going to have to meet with the tenants. You know, you're not going to have to do any of that. We, we hire professional managers to do that for us. Um, you have, you rely on the professionals, those who have been in the business doing it day in and day out for years and years and years to manage the property for you. So you get to keep your time. Another huge benefit is you get cash flow um, as opposed to, you know, when I put my money in the stock market, um, of course you'd earn like dividends and once a year you'd see your thing, you're like, Oh, you know, it, it kind of grew, but, but <laughs> investment in real estate is so much better because you get cash flow coming in. So either that's monthly or quarterly cash flow and that's money you can use. And often that money is tax free, right? That's, which is another huge benefit is that is taxes um, because you, are a direct owner in this property, then those tax benefits get passed on to you. Let me just tell you, they're amazing. <laughs> they are really amazing. Um, <laughs> oh, and the fourth one, I, I'm adding a fourth. I know you said just three, but I'm adding mm -hmm, a fourth. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the fourth one is um, you, you get appreciation. Now, appreciation just means whatever the building is worth today, in five years from now, it will be worth more, right? It, it almost always, always is worth more in a commercial building for a couple of reasons. It's, it's not just because rent grows over time, but also because we, um, we can control the value of the building by how much income it, it produces, right? So you have your income, you subtract your expenses, and whatever that number is, it's called net operating income. That is a direct reflection of how much that building is worth. So we could do things like reduce the expenses. I mean, maybe they're paying way too much for marketing or they're, you know, or we go in and we install low flow toilets and faucets. And so now we save money on the utility bills. And so there's lots of things that you can do to um, help the building to appreciate. And what is the typical minimum investment that people can, you know, think about when they're thinking about doing one of these um, pooled, pooled investments? You know, I've seen I've seen a couple different ones, but for the for the majority, it's around fifty thousand. So some will have a fifty thousand dollar minimum. Some I've seen as low as twenty five, but it should not be you know a five thousand dollar thing that you can just throw into this. This is a hefty investment, and it's uh, and it's available. But but you'll be surprised that you probably do have fifty thousand dollars that you could invest, and and people don't realize this that they have it in their retirement accounts because that's another strategy that you can use is you can use money in your retirement account to invest in a real estate syndication. And so it's a way to diversify that retirement account mm -hmm. as well. So any IRA, Roth IRA, 401k, things like that, you can, you can put into what's called a self-directed IRA and then 
put that into the syndication. Nice. I love that. I love that there's that option for people because I think it's true. A lot of people are thinking, well, I don't just have $50,000 no. lying around, but in fact you do. And when I first discovered that, uh, you know, that you could use your, your IRAs or your old IRAs and roll them into a self-directed was like mind blowing. So I, that's what I did. I, you know, three, four years ago, I took some old IRA money that was lying around and that was making, you know, hardly anything. Now it's making, you know, eight to 9% cash flow every month. And I'm going to get that back end too into my IRA. So when investors are thinking about investing in these pooled investments, do you have any advice for them in terms of what's happening with um, you know, COVID-19 and how it's impacting the investment world is particularly as it relates to multifamily. Any thoughts or advice there? I'm a super conservative investor. Um, I don't like to lose money and, and I don't want to lose money on my investments. And I, don't, and I for sure don't want any of my investors, people invest with me to lose any of their money. And mm-hmm. so I think it's important to make sure that you, you have a solid understanding of the, the people who are going to be running the project. I think that is like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Are they trustworthy? Do they have a strong track record? Have they been doing this for years and years or is is something they just barely started doing last month, right? Have they been able to weather storms? Do they have examples of times when they've had a storm and what have they done when things have gone wrong? You want to ask all of those questions and ask about the risks involved in the investment because every investment has risk. There's there's no investment out there that you're going to be able to put your money in and, and get guaranteed it's going to double in two years, yeah. right? That's just not going to happen. Um, and and I think people know that it's, that it's common sense that there is definitely risk out there, but you just have to understand the risk and be comfortable and figure out what kind of risk you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So I'll give a quick example. If you want to invest on say the West coast, right? So the West coast is a very expensive market. You probably won't get very much cash flow, but there's the chance you'll get a huge appreciation at the end, right? Because homes there are multifamily there tends to appreciate faster than it does say in like Ohio right? Mm -hmm. But that's a lot more risky because maybe it won't. Like remember the market crashed in 08 to 09 and, and the West coast got hit hard. And so things didn't, didn't go as well. And, but the steady eddies, you know, the cash flowing ones in Ohio did fine. They, they had good cash flow. Their appreciation doesn't have the opportunity for explosive appreciation. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends where your comfort level is. You know, if you're an investor who wants like really fat appreciation, go for it. Right. But if you're someone like me, so, you know, I'm, I'm in my forties, I've got five children. <laughs> I need safety, mm-hmm. right? Security. Um, I tend to gravitate towards those that will give me nice, steady, stable cash flow and steady, stable markets. Mm-hmm. And I stay away from the coasts. Um, they're not my, they're not my favorite places to invest. Love all of that. Now, before we transition into the investing for good impact round, I do want to ask really quick at Steady Stream Investments, what type of assets are you guys going after and what markets are you guys focused on? Yeah. So I have two types of assets. So one is, is definitely multifamily and we like to give multifamily a grade. So if you're not familiar with the grading system, you know, an A class means a, a really fancy, all the bells and whistles, got a butler right there to open the door for you. you know? <laughs> and then uh, B class is just 
below that. Mm -hmm. C-class is like workforce housing. So think mm -hmm. about your McDonald's managers, you know, people that are you know, making between thirty dollars to $50,000 a year. Um, and specific markets that I like, I like the okay. Phoenix, Arizona market. So Phoenix okay. and Tucson, Arizona mm -hmm. is where I have mine. Um, I also love Charlotte, North Carolina. That's a fantastic market. Mm -hmm. Texas is a really good market. Um, and Atlanta, Georgia. So those are my favorite four markets for, for multifamily. The other asset class that I'm focusing on right now is um, actually assisted living. So I'm partnering with a local company here in Arizona who is going to be building out assist, assisted living. And it's a memory care um, neighborhood, which is a really cool thing that it's, it's like little villas around. And that's a really cool space to be in. I, I love that space too, because, you know, for me, steady stream investments is very um, intentional in the types of investments that we make. We're not looking simply for a financial return. That has to be there. Absolutely has to be there. We have to provide a good financial return for investors. But we also want to make sure that every investment we do has a purpose behind it and is making an impact in the local community. That's how I ran my property management business. My tenants were super important to me. I want to make sure that, they're, that they have what they need um, and that they're taken care of. That's one of the reasons I gravitate towards multifamily um, is because I can impact hundreds of lives now instead of just one as a, as a single family home. And then another reason I gravitate towards senior living, because um, I had a grandma who suffered from Alzheimer's mm. and, and it was, it was hard. It was hard on the family and it was important. So it's important for me to figure out a way to get involved and to help, help our um, help our elders who really need our help right now. Yeah. I think one thing you mentioned that, you know, you said that you want to make sure that you're aligned with sponsor partners who have the same vision as you, because that's the way you did it before. And when I first got into investing in, in passively in these syndications, it was very much the same. I really took my time. And that's something that I would advise people to do is make sure that you, you know, take the time to find people whose vision in terms of operating these properties is very much in alignment with yours because you're going to be in these deals with people for, for three to five years, you know, so you want to make sure that they would do things the way you would, except that they have the knowledge that they, that you need to be able to properly manage these investments, which you don't. But if the, it's kind of like when you think about when you get married and as long as you guys have the same values and the morals, you know, it, and, but they may have something else that they bring to the table. It's, it's going to be a win because at the end of the day, you have that shared vision. And I think that's such an important thing to remember. So so, um, so I love that, that you mentioned that because I think it's important for everyone to hear. All right. Well, I, there's so much more I want, want to ask you about steady stream investments, but we've got to move on. So let's, um, let's move on to the investing for good impact round. So we're going to ask you a couple questions about investing for good. Um, so the first question is around investing for in yourself. So what is one way your investments have helped make your life uh, better and sweeter? Yeah. So I think for, for me, it's because I've involved my kids in my business and and I don't I don't like to separate what mom does, you know, like mom's business from mom, mom is just a family person, right? So I like, I feel like it should be all integrated and it's mm -hmm. made it sweeter for me to really teach my children about real estate, to teach them about investing, teach them how to fix up houses, mm -hmm. um, teach them how to treat others and, and how to get out of their comfort zones. Mm -hmm. And um, that's been very sweet because my oldest daughter just graduated high school and she's just like, mom, I want to do real estate. I want to do Aww. real estate. So Aww. she is. 
just, <laughs> she wants to do it. She's right there and ready and anxious to get her own property and start investing her own investing journey and very young. And so that's oh very sweet. Oh my gosh. I love it. And as mothers, this is our duty. Like this is our responsibility to teach this missing link about investing and financial education that isn't there in, you know, in the school system and is, is hard for even adults to, to find, right? I mean, it was hard. I dug for years. Every financial advisor I spoke to, you know, couldn't tell me a word about real estate. Everything was about stocks yeah. and bonds and, and this long-term 30-year horizon. And it's like, no, it doesn't need to be that way. There's another way. And so it's our job and our duty, I almost feel like, as, as mothers and as citizens of the world to you know, share this information. And so I love that, um, that that's something that you've been able to, to do um, with your children. And I can't wait till my daughters, they're already investing <laughs> with me at uh, you know, seven and eight, but I can't wait till they're 18. And um, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, they'll be interested. <laughs> Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> okay. Second question is investing in others. So what is one investment strategy or hack that you might be able to share with the audience that will help them catapult their investing journey? Yeah. So I think earlier I talked about how it's important for you to build relationships. So if mm -hmm. you want to get involved in a syndication, you need to build relationships. And then mm -hmm. you're thinking, okay, well, how do I do that? Right. Mm -hmm. So part of this is getting out of your comfort zone. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's one of the things that, that I've been really good at. It's not that I love it. I don't love getting mm -hmm. out of my comfort zone, but yeah. I know that I need to do that to grow. And, yeah. and so I'm going to share a quick little networking tip, right? Yeah. I hated the word networking a long time ago. Mm -hmm. It just gave me all sorts of fear and terror. And still to this day, when I go to a networking event, I walk in the room and immediately my heart just sinks and I have to force myself to not turn around and go right back out to my car. <laughs> so, so this is a tip that's helped me a lot. So when you go to these networking events and you can look them up, meetup is a great thing. You can look up a real estate meetup, local one, walk into that room with one goal in mind and that all you have to do is meet five people. Five people have five conversations and then you're free to go, right? Mm -hmm. Five conversations. So you walk in the room, you make your five conversations you, maybe you get five business cards and now you have five contacts and then you can leave. And if you can do that in 20 minutes, you do it in 20 minutes and then you're out of there, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> you don't feel like you have to stay around for forever because that's sometimes that's just too overwhelming for, for people like me who are a little more introverted in nature. Um, when I you know, go to places, I don't know people, but mm -hmm. you definitely need to need to start, start getting out there. Yeah. It's such a good tip because I think networking is such an abstract thing for so many people. Mm -hmm. There are no bounds and that's why it's so overwhelming. But when you create a framework around it, it becomes much mm -hmm. more doable. Yeah. And, you know, for me, when I first started getting into this, the networking piece was, oh my gosh, so valuable. It's all I did in the beginning. Um, and I still am, I am now, you know, work with some of those people. We're, you know, friends on Facebook. We're always talking about potentially ways to work together. Um, but I learned so much in those early days by talking to as many people as I could who were willing to give me the time. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm so appreciative of that. But um, back when I was just like, hey, what is, what is a syndication? You know, 
know, and all these very basic questions and people would actually get on the phone and talk to me. Um, but there's so much value in, in networking that I think a lot of people sort of underestimate. And I know we're in the midst of, of a pandemic right now. So, you know, real life uh, meetups might not be possible, but there are certainly tons of virtual ones that are happening everywhere right now. So, so definitely keep an eye out there um, for those. All right. Last question is investing in the world. So what is one way your investments are helping to make the world a better place? Yeah. So I, I kind of touched on that earlier, but, but every investment that I do is very intentional and purposeful. And so I, I want to choose um, investments that need some help, right? So, I mean, some of these apartment complexes need a lot of help. They need a lot of cleanup. Sometimes there might be some um, not so great people living in there that need to exit. And and so we want to come in and, and make them just very safe communities for for others. And, and that's really important to me. And then also when in the senior housing space, again, just providing uh, a, a beautiful home, just being part of that mm -hmm. solution that they, mm -hmm. that they need. That's what I love about multifamily syndication is just that so many people win, you know, in everything that we do, you know, from, from the, the general partners and the people who put the deal together to the limited passive partners who, you know, get to leverage the knowledge and experience of the general partners and to the residents where, you know, we're improving those communities and, and uh, you know, making it a nicer place for everyone to live. So um, I, definitely 100%. I love that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, Camilla, I know we've only touched on the tip of the iceberg with your journey and all that you're teaching your kids and now all that you're teaching your investors through SteadyStream Investments. So for the listeners out there who really connected with you and loved hearing your story and want more, what's the best place that they can go to connect with you and to learn more about all that you're doing? Yeah, so I think the very best place is probably LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn and I and I put education out every single day. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn, that's fine. You can connect with me on my website, steadystreaminvestments.com. And it's just all about education because I'm really passionate about educating people. And even if it's not the right investment for you, right? Even if you decide, mm, no, I, this this doesn't feel right great. I, that's totally fine because you know, Bitcoin doesn't feel right to me, right? <laughs> so so you, know, you have to find what feels right. But um, I, if you need more education, if you need to understand and learn more, I'm, I mean, as a woman, I feel like I need extra education before I make big decisions like this. And it yeah. can be a big decision, right? Um, so feel free to come to my website. I have a free um, passive investing made easy master's class that I developed that you can get for free just right there on my website. You just put in your name and email and it'll be right in your inbox. And so you can definitely learn from me about how to even go about doing this because uh, it's really powerful. And I hope that, I hope you'll take it just a, I hope the listeners will really take just a small step today to just start educating, right? And, and start learning more what you can do. Absolutely. Well, we'll have links to all of that in the show notes for all our listeners. Definitely check out Steady Stream Investments. Camilla Jeffs, founder of Steady Stream Investments. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey, and your wisdom with us today, Camilla. You've been listening to Investing for Good, the number one podcast for people like you who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com slash podcast and be sure to join the Investing for Good Facebook community. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations every week. Until next time.
keep investing for good.